It's Monday night. It's July 11th, 2022. The Tan and J-Man Show is back on their regularly scheduled night, Monday night, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time on the ISC Sports Network. Also streaming on the ISC Sports Network Twitter page and the Tan and J-Man Show Facebook page. Also audio available on all podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button if you haven't already. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. What's going on, J-Man? What up, dude? Another day. Another, another day week. Paradise. Another dollar. The problem, the problem with doing the show on Wednesday and then doing it the next Monday is it uh, gives us less uh, less chance for stuff to happen. Uh, I was thinking the about. same. So um, it's going to be an interesting one here tonight. We always get through it. We always get through it. If we can get through yeah. the 2020 Big that's time that pandemic we can yes. get through anybody we've Anything. we've said that before I, I keep forgetting about that and i don't know how we did it but i still it. don't uh, a lot of lists a lot of things people got fatigued by i'm sure but we powered <laughs> through and that's why we're yeah. on episode 295 t- chipping away at 300 295 i got some birdie bogey here for and you i got a bogey to give you <laughs> it's a baseball one. Oh god um so there's two answers here, but if you get one of them right, I'll give you a birdie um, oh, just for the heck of geez. it. Yeah, so you have a chance. Um, Clayton Kershaw has 12 seasons in his career with an ERA under three, which is insane, which if his ERA, uh, if he finishes the year with his ERA under three this season, it will be the most seasons ever. So he is tied with two pitchers that have had that have had 12 seasons with an ERA under three starting pitchers. I should say that because been quite a few relievers that have done it. Who are those two pitchers that he is tied with for the most seasons with an ERA under three? I got to think they're two hall of famers Two, yes, two, two hall of famers. Um, I should, I give you a hint. I'll do it. I feel like I'm already helping you out a little yep, bit. Yeah, don't do it. Um, That's enough. So I am not going to. But uh, Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce. And Bryce and Katie Romine of Mintone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook. Follow them on Instagram. And check out their website, noblegnomellc.com. Get your veggies. Get your veggies indeed. Veggie season is definitely upon us. So it is upon Get us. online. Get yourself a membership. Get yourself some veggies go pick some up from their location get yourself some merch just go check out their website and social media that's pretty much what we're telling you so yeah. get, get some nutrients so, in so, social media social media has it all good and bad um it can be a powerful <laughs> platform either way it, yeah. it could definitely has potential to be great but more people than not oh, use it for bad intentions it, it has made I, I mean people were huge sports fans before but social media has made has taken sports to a whole new level. Um, you have instant access to whatever you want. You have inside information. You can tweet at players or whatever <laughs> at players. Anything you want to say. Yeah. Um, it has made people fearless online now. And True. Um, you know what? I don't. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's the best thing that's ever happened to sports. But you know what? I am very happy. With having this little device here, be able to see all sorts of news that I could possibly want. And you got uh, negative tweets, right? Your fingertips to the Cubs. That's right. Unfortunately. 
Yeah. Um, I know, how did they, and this is honest because I did not look at score. How did they finish it up yesterday? Um, They lost. I have to look up the final score here. So Cubs had a 5 nothing lead, and then they had an 8-3 to lead. Um, and they found themselves still losing 9-8, to and it was only the third inning. <laughs> uh, oh, just, you just have to laugh at this point. Um, they ended up losing 11 to 9, so they scored one run from the third inning on. Only gave up two, though. So, uh, yeah, she, um, they're bad. <laughs> that's, that's all I can really say about them anymore. I have not, and, and I know you aren't going to believe this, but I no, can you're truthfully right. say I have not watched more than six innings of a Cubs game since May. Apathy is set in. Oh, it's 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 set in a long time ago, and it is set in hard, like to the point where I have opportunities to watch him, and I just choose not to, which has never happened before. Never happened. Never has never happened with Illinois basketball. Has never happened with the Dolphins. But for whatever reason, this Cubs team, I dislike them so much <laughs> in the ownership group and front office so much that I just don't even tune in. And I am I'm going to a game on Saturday too. And, uh, you know, I love going to Wrigley Field and all that, but I don't get excited to go to Cubs games anymore. I I'm, I'm, didn't spend a dime on tickets. I got free tickets. I don't want to spend a dime on food in the stadium. I, I don't want to give the Ricketts any of my money. They don't deserve any of our money. Um, so that's where I'm at with them. But Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be hard for you to do, though, not spend a single dollar inside. Nothing I can do. I can buy yeah. water outside. True. Um, eat before the game. True. Then eat after the game. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I could do it. Yeah. Probably won't, but I, but I, I could do it. I could do it. it should be a should do it on, on Twitter. A uh, inning to update each inning. Still haven't bought anything. I still haven't bought it. I could do that. Cubs down seven nothing. Cubs down <laughs> fourteen nothing. I the last time I saw the Cubs and Mets play, the Cubs lost seventeen to one. So. And you can't get much worse than that. It's shaping up to them facing uh, Max Scherzer on Saturday. Well, at least that'll so, be fun uh, for you to watch. Have you ever seen yeah. him live? I have not seen him live. Um, I've been to one Cubs game this year, and I saw Clayton Kershaw. So, And then this one is its potentially, I, I don't know, because I think Scherzer's slated to pitch tonight, so that would be like his day to do it. But he's just coming back from injury, so I might push him back to Sunday. Who knows? But is- uh, if he does pitch, I'll be able to see the – Two of the probably best pitchers of this generation in the two games I've been to so far this year. Is Kershaw the best you've seen live? Oh, yeah. I mean, as I said in my trivia question, if he has one more season, which it'll probably be this year with an ERA under three, it'd be the most ever. Um, Easily, easily the best pitcher I've seen live. Um, I'm trying to think of some other Hall of Famers I've seen pitch. Did you see Clemens or Johnson? Or... Didn't see well, you saw Maddox. Did you see Maddox? Johnson, never saw Maddox that really? I can remember anyway. I might have back in the 90s, and I just don't remember. Um, Glavin, Smoltz. No. I saw Glavin throw a bullpen with the Mets back in 2000-whatever, but that doesn't count. 2007. Um, Mariano Rivera. I think he's the only one live. I've ever seen. Hall of Famer, I think. <clears throat> yeah, closer. But as far as starting pitchers go, I don't – I can't think of any. I've seen some Hall of Fame position he's players. Uh, he's not a Hall of Famer. But... And he, he's not a Hall of Famer. But, no, never saw him. Never saw Clemens, as I said. Um, it's... See, did you see CC Sabathia? Never saw CC. no. 
saw saw Johnny Lester quite a few times, so yeah. he he might get in. He's he's kind of in that CC Sabathia. We're probably not going to get in, but um, pretty dang good in his uh, career. I saw Jake Arietta during his run of ridiculousness from 2014 through 16, but again, not a Hall of Famer. Um, who else have I seen? I, I've seen Zach Grinky pitch, so he's he might be a Hall of Fame guy, kind, kind of in that John Lester um, kind of category. But uh, as far as surefire guys, Clayton Kershaw is the only one I've seen pitch. I saw Mike Mussina multiple times. Got That's annoyed how many times I've seen him. Is that knuckle curve? Him and Vasquez were the two Yankee pitchers. Ha- I saw Javier all the Vasquez. Time. Yeah, I, I remember Javier Vasquez. We saw him when we went yeah. in New York. Yeah. I said, I don't those are the pitched. two. I don't remember much who every pitched time. for the Angels. I don't remember who pitched the. I haven't been to Yankee game in nine years. I was figuring out the other day. It was uh, back-to-back games in Colorado. I don't remember who pitched those games. It's been 2013. Could probably look it up. Now I'm gonna look it up. I'm interested now. I don't think I've seen Garrett Cole pitch. I've seen the Pirates play a couple times, but Garrett Cole didn't pitch in any of those games. Um, back when he was with the Pirates, I should say. I don't remember. I see Verlander. I've seen the Tiger. I don't think Verlander. No, it was actually Edwin Jackson for the Tigers that game. I remember in 2009 that I went to. So it wasn't Verlander. Um, saw Shohei Otani hit a homer in the game I was at. Wow. Some of these count. names end up played in this game. <laughs> wow. Like Dexter Fowler was on the Rockies. Oh, I miss Cargo, Dex. Michael Kadire. Todd Helton was playing. Arenado. Troy Tulowiski pinch hit. Hmm. Who the heck started? Arenado would have been young then. Nine years, 2013. He might have been a rookie. Why can I not? Oh, David Phelps for the Yankees started. A former Cub legend. Um, That was one game. I don't remember. Uh, Probably the next. I've. I've gone back before and looked at the box score of each game I can remember going to, um, each Cubs game I can remember going to. It's kind of fun to do it. Like, I saw Mark Pryor pitch. Uh, of course, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory until he got hurt. Uh, saw Kerry Wood pitch, obviously not a Hall of Famer, but again, he looked like a Hall of Fame guy and then he got hurt early in his career. Um, the guy I saw pitch the most, probably Carlos Zambrano, him or Kyle yeah. Hendricks. Are kind of the two that I've seen pitch or seen, yeah, seen pitch a bunch. Um, the other game I went to, Jorge De, De La Rosa pitched for the Rockies and another Hiroki Kuroda. Forgot he was in the Yankee, pitched for the Yankees. Yeah. I, I remember mainly with the Dodgers. Yeah, uh, Kuroda was pretty good though for an old guy. He's really good. I think he pitched till he's about 40. Oh, fun stuff. Uh, I haven't looked that up, but went back and looked at a box score of a sporting event in a while. I did get to see this is different sports, but like Peyton Manning and Tom yep. Brady, mm-hmm. be able to see them both. It's pretty fun. Saw them against each other twice. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Once in Indianapolis, once in Denver. I saw um, probably the best quarterback matchup I've ever seen live was easily Chad Haney versus Carson Palmer there in Cincinnati. That was a good one. Uh, <laughs> Cleo Matt's- women. Matt Stafford versus Brock Osweiler. That was a fun one in Miami there. I, I saw – oh, no, I didn't see Peyton and Tom in Denver. It was Osweiler and, and Tom. Oh, That's oh right. that Sunday right, the Night overtime football. game? Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, wow. Well, so I've only seen Peyton against Where it was, Tom. Where it was once. snowing and – Yep. 
CJ Anderson game. CJ um, Anderson. I couldn't remember who the running who, back was. I saw Breeze against Manning, but Breeze was in San Diego. It's still kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, I've been fortunate to see a lot of Air McNair. Saw Air McNair live. I've, I've been fortunate to see a lot yeah. of good quarterbacks. Yeah, live. I haven't been to as, nearly as many NFL games as you have. Rivers, I've seen him live. Um, saw Derek Carr live. Saw Carr live last year. That was our butt whooping. Flying to Miami this year in October and get to see old Mitch Trubisky go up against. Hopefully, two is healthy at that point. Uh, hopefully, Trubisky, on the bench. Trubisky, it'll be picket by that time. It, it'll it'll probably be picket. Yeah, October twenty third. Picket against game is, so. against Checkdown Teddy. Yeah, picket <laughs> against uh, a su- Sunday night game too. Uh, you're welcome to the uh, United States of America there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, it, 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 let's let's talk some more baseball though. Let's talk yeah. some more baseball. Uh, uh, Yankees Red Sox had an interesting series over the weekend. I knew two mm-hmm. people who went out to a game over the weekend cool. at Fanway. Um, good buddy of mine and another guy I know. Um, yeah, the, the, my good buddy was sending me videos all the time. It looked like a pretty fun. He went to the ten inning one. The Red Sox won six mm. to five on Saturday night. Um, he doesn't like either team, so he said, "Let's go baseball." When he went. He's you, you know, he's a Rocky fan, so you you can do a lot worse seeing a Yankees Red Sox game. <laughs> yeah, it was on his bucket list, <laughs> like, so he uh, yeah, he that's pretty it cool. Off his list. He said there was at least a fourth full of Yankee fans. He said it was incredible how many Yankee fans were there. The Yankees are fourteen games up. It's stupid. <laughs> fourteen games up. They're sixty-one and twenty-four. What what is that pace? That's eighty-five games. I'm not They're on pace math. for like. So if they've played 85 games, 161 of them, that's like a 117 game, 118 a lot of wins. win pace. A lot of wins. Um, and that 10 inning game would have been fun. Red Sox scored three in the 10th to win. Yep. Um, was was he there last night too? No. Okay, because yeah, the the Yankees had only lost one game. When winning in, I think, the eighth inning. Um, Sounds right. This season, and they lost that one, obviously. But then they blew a lead last night, too. They were up 6-2 to mm-hmm. two and ended up losing 11-6. to six. Yep. So. Um, you know who's been bad for him, and his career might be hitting a downturn, is um, Araldis Chapman. Yes, he has. He's been hurt, too. But, he's, yeah, when he's pitched, he had not been good. Yeah. Still throwing really hard. It's it's not the hundred four like he was, but he's still right. ninety eight ninety nine. But it just seems like him at ninety eight ninety nine because everyone's so used to him throwing one hundred three um, is much more hittable. Um, yeah, he hasn't had an ERA below three since two thousand nineteen, which is really shocking for him. Walk rate way up. Walked six batters per nine innings last year. Seven point nine batters per nine so far this year. Still pretty small sample, seventeen innings, uh, but he's. His strikeout rate right now is what is it? That is three strikeouts per nine innings lower than his previous career low. The uh, guys so aren't scared of him either. Like he used to. No, guys aren't scared of him anymore. Thirty-four years old. He was the most feared closer in the game. I know, like Craig Kimbrell put up even better numbers. And um, what's his name? Who's now with uh, Atlanta? Was in L.A. Kenley Jansen put up insane numbers, but no one feared. A closer, maybe ever, quite like they did Araldis Chapman. That even includes like Mariano Rivera and Trevor Hoffman, because I mean they weren't throwing hundred four miles an hour. Eric Gagne, I think they were scared of him because he tapped into his <laughs> roid rage and <laughs> true beat him and then beat the crap out of him. 
um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, the the Yankees. It's getting to the point where I'm sure Yankee fans are still very much invested, but uh, at the same time, you're 14 games up. You can miss a game <laughs> every now and then uh, instead of having to tune in every night. But uh, watching a team that's that good every night is awfully fun. I mean, I did it in 2016 with the Cubs, uh, where they got I think a 12 game, 13 game lead, and that was it didn't happen until August. Um, and that's a really good division too. <clears throat> um, you look at that division, four teams are above 500 and the Baltimore Orioles are 43 and 44. Yeah. Um, they have won eight in a row. They are one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. And they're only, they're only two games out of that final wild card spot. Yeah. Right there. now, um, loyal viewer of the show, Sean Schreiber, uh, friend of the show friend of the show he uh sent this to my dad and i saturday morning if the mlb season ended today the playoffs would look as follows buys in the al the yankees with the one seed astros with the two seed wild card round to be six seed toronto against three seeded minnesota and five seeded boston against four seeded tampa still get three teams from the al east in the playoffs still in reasonable contention seattle cleveland chicago baltimore texas yeah they i think they technically get one two well, Seattle and Toronto are tied for that final spot. One, two. This three, was on four. Saturday. Just okay, to, five, yeah. six. Yeah, so they're tied for that final spot. So the AL East could get four teams in, which is absurd. Um, the Mariners are also stupid hot right now. I think they've won ten in a row, eight or ten in a row. Because um, the Sonics are going to come back. Yeah, the 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 buzz from Tanner has propelled uh, has propelled the uh, baseball <laughs> the baseball team there. Um, they might, I mean, having an extra wildcard team obviously helps. Um, but Mariners are legitimately good and it took them a while to kind of get hot this year, but now they're finally doing it. But I mean, Baltimore Orioles only being one game under 500 after having just trash years the past, like four years, swept the angels over the weekend, Um, which, yeah, I feel really bad for trout and Otani and it's just, just kind of classic. I, I saw a tweet. It's like, I've never seen a more Angels tweet, and it was <laughs> um, Shohei Otani homered, Trout walked twice, doubled in homer. Angels are now down nine to four in the seventh. <laughs> yeah, uh, feel it's gotta be maddening. Feel bad for him. Um, in the NL, though, uh, the White Sox are still hanging around a little bit. Yep, um, in spite of their manager uh, Tony Larusso, who continues to make just dumbfounding decisions. But again, I think they're still probably the best team in that division. As I've said, wouldn't surprise me to see them winning it. Um, however, I don't think they're good enough to go very deep into the playoffs if they do win it. Uh, they're only five games out now. Cleveland, who was playing really good baseball there for a while, is now under 500. Twins are only eight games over 500. The Tigers have played better baseball of late, but st- too little too late. Um, and the White Sox are only two and a half games out of a wild card spot right now. Um, so keeping tabs on them. I, it sounds like they're definitely going to be buyers at the trade deadline, which is now August 2nd, uh, or it used to be July 31st. And I don't know why they pushed it back three days. I don't know what that really does. Um, it might be because it's a weekend or something. But <clears throat> anyway, um, I fully expect the White Sox to be buyers. They might get desperate. I know they need pitching help. Offense hasn't been good at all. They've really struggled against right-handed pitching this year, so they need a lefty bat uh, in the worst way. But you can't be using the injury excuses anymore because the team's, for the most part, healthy uh, right now, and they're still just kind of 
kind of slogging along a little bit, but um, fully expect them to make a move or two. Um, Astros are 56 and 29, and it feels like no one's even talking about them because the Yankees are so good. Uh, they're 12 games up on the Mariners. Um, in the NL East, though, the twi- uh, the Mets have still played fantastic baseball, but the Braves are right on their heels. Only a game and a half out. Braves have only lost like eight games since the start or since like the middle of May or something stupid like that. They get Ronald Acuna Jr. back, and they've just taken off. Um, the Phillies have played really good baseball as well here down the stretch. They're seven games out in the East, and they would have the final wild card spot. Yes, they would the play National the Brewers. League. The Padres would play the Braves. Dodgers and Mets would have one and two seed buys, mm-hmm. and it's still in reasonable contention. The Cardinals, the Giants, and the Marlins. Yes, Cardinals are only a game out, but their offense is hit in absolute lull right now. I saw literally right before the show, I was watching MLB Network, and um, Paul Goldschmidt has a season-long 11 straight games without an RBI, uh, which he was a ridiculous run producer there in April and May, but he just hasn't played as well here um, past few weeks or so. Again, he's probably the odds-on favorite to be the National League MVP coming into a few weeks ago, but he's kind of hit a, a slow stretch. But uh, speaking of National League MVP, I don't think he'll win it, but uh, Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. 28 homers um, this year, 52 walks, um, 867 OPS. That was one of the worst possible decisions the Cubs made. It's not like they just didn't re-sign him or anything. They just released him. He he, he could have been on the team last year, and they just flat-out released him. Um, he, he was under team control, and they just non-tendered him. And now he's gone. Yeah, he hit that was a bad decision. Homers. It was stupid. It, it was so stupid. Um, and, it's and they knew that the, the, the DH was coming to the NL eventually. Yeah. It 32 homers last year in only 113 games, 28 homers this year. I know you had a bad 2020, but again, he, he had the best year of his career in 2019, bad 2020 COVID year, really weird. Didn't give him the benefit of the doubt, just released him. And, uh, he's now an all-star in back-to-back seasons. Um, mind numbingly stupid decision. By Jed Hoyer, which Mind has happened memory. quite, which has happened quite a bit here uh, recently. Um, but uh, looking at the NL Central, Brewers still nine games above five hundred, two and a half games up on the Cardinals. Pirates, Cubs, and Reds trash. Um, Dodgers still just running away with things in the West, and the Padres are still good. They're eleven games over five hundred. They find themselves eight games out of the division. Giants have hit some rough times, twelve and a half games out. But again, with this extra wild card. Uh, there in baseball, it just it helps teams that are right on the cusp. I mean, Giants are only two games out of a wild card spot. Um, Pod- Padres have a pretty sizable lead in the wild card now. I think they're three and a half up in the wild card. Um, so we have the trade deadline, as I said, August second. We have the Major League Baseball draft, which I'll get into here <clears throat> um, in a few minutes or so. Uh, is on Sunday, uh, the first round. And it's probably second round is on Sunday. And then rest of the rounds, which I think there's 20 rounds now. There used to be 50, or there used to be like 70, and then they cut it down to 50 for the longest time. And then I think in 2011 or 12, they cut it down to 40. And now it's down to 20. So um, guys' dreams are starting to get crushed because Rob Manfred wanted a shorter draft. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, <laughs> In, anything else about uh, baseball here? 
I don't think so. Um, I do have a word association segment, but I can wait. I can do it now or wait till you talk about the draft. I don't. Um, I I can talk about the draft real quick. All right. Um, Cubs are picking seventh. Um, Rob Manfred pushed the draft back from early June until the middle of July, (laughs) which um, has made a lot of people. It's it kind of mixed results. It's really hurt the. trade buzz right now because right now i mean all-star all-star break is next week um you'd be hearing a bunch of trade rumors this time i think it was this day last year the cubs traded jock peterson um to the atlanta braves which kind of kicked things off we've seen some minor trades but uh you would usually hear a bunch of buzz around the trade deadline or about the trade deadline around um the all-star break and it just hasn't happened because the draft is in the middle of july uh, now, at the same time, it helps teams out be able to get more info on some of these guys, especially guys that have had injuries or something during the spring. Now they can play in the summer leagues and you get more opportunity to scout them. So it, there's some good and some bad with that. Um, but <clears throat> some interesting notes here um, that are will make you feel old, for one. Thanks. Um, the number one overall prospect and likely number one overall pick in this year's draft is Drew Jones, whose father, Andrew Jones, uh, played many years, and I have been beating the drum for him to get in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best defensive outfielders ever. Had a 50-homer season. Um, Did he so really? He, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, with, with the Braves uh, back in 2005, I want to say. Wow. The, the Hall of Fame-level player. Is he 400 club? Him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. He's he's hit four. He hit close to 500, I would say. Um, his first career homer, I believe, was in the World Series off of Roger Clemens. Um, he came up as a 19-year-old with the Braves in 96. Um, yeah, hit 51 homers in 2005, hit 434 in his career. Um, again, one of the greatest defensive outfielders ever. Ten-time Gold Glove Award winner. Um, and his son is now the number one overall prospect uh, in baseball. Just adds another... Yep. Uh, pedigreed player in the, in the league legacy, I guess. You know who the number two overall prospect is here? <laughs> no idea. Shortstop Jackson Holiday, whose father, Matt Holiday, uh, which is another punch right to my Adam's apple uh, because uh, Matt Holiday was just playing a few years ago and now his son is the number two overall prospect. Who's picking uh, Matt two? Holiday set, huh? Who's picking two? Number two. Um, I think the Orioles are one. I do not know. Oh, you know what? I'm going to look at a, up a mock draft right now. It'll be mock draft 2022. Now, is this, um, this something you will watch? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I um, <clears throat> I really like the Major League Baseball draft. Only the first two rounds are televised, and then the other 18 are not, obviously. Um, But, yeah, the Baltimore Orioles are picking one. Arizona Diamondbacks are picking two. Rangers three, um, Pirates four, Nationals five, Marlins six, Cubs seven. So um, there's another bloodline guy here. That's Cam Collier, whose father, Lou Collier, played for a few years in Major League Baseball. I don't really remember him. It was in the 90s, early 2000s, uh, but that's another one. But uh, as far as the Cubs go, it sounds like they're going to be taking a bat here in the first round there been zero mocks that i've seen and zero buzz at all that they would take a picture uh which pictures are so they're gonna take a picture probably take a picture or a picture yeah um but i mean 
there's kind of seven guys that have separated themselves from the crop, if if you will, which is which is good because the Cubs pick seven, uh, so it should be pretty set in stone who they take, and they're all um, they're all position players as well. Uh, there have been mentioned Brooks Lee from Cal Poly, who actually Keith Law has him going number one to Baltimore here in this mock draft, but uh, best pure hitter in um, among the college prospects. Of course, you have Drew Jones, as I said, Jackson Holiday, as I said. Another guy, Termar Johnson, who they think is one of the best pure um, left-handed high school hitters um, the draft has seen in years. Uh, pure hit tool. You have Kevin Parada, who has I, – I don't know if you've seen you, – you probably haven't seen um, Kevin Parada at all. He's a catcher out of Georgia Tech. His batting stance is the weirdest batting stance I have ever seen in my entire life. Yet somehow it works. I mean, he hit 26 homers this year for Georgia Tech. Uh, do you remember Kevin Euclid's batting stance? Yeah. It is a extreme version of Kevin Euclid's weird batting stance. Like the way he holds his bat, it is super strange. What um, is this fellow's first name? Kevin. Kevin. So Parra- must be a thing with Parra- Kevin's. Yeah, some something with Kevin's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Barry out of LSU is also a possibility um a lot of good players obviously in the first round you're gonna have a lot of good players and uh, there's some strategy to it as well some guys go with a lesser thought of prospect early in order to save money so they can spend that on um in later rounds uh, where they can try to get some guys out of um out of uh, national letter of intent um in college so um, yeah, it's um, it's one of those things that I will always tune into in my favorite draft I think I ever watched. I think they originally started televising it in 2007 because the Cubs picked third and they took Josh Vitters. Um, I remember did, that name. Who did nothing for them. And uh, I think that was the first. Did he ever make the big leagues? Yeah. One year, I think he hit a buck 40 with a few homers. 2012 is the really terrible Cubs year in 2012, the beginning of the rebuild. Uh, which this year feels very similar to that. Um, and that year they picked sixth in the draft, and this year they're picking seventh. And uh, with that pick, they took Albert Almora. So hopefully they uh, they pick a better uh, better player here. They could have had Corey Seager. They could have had um, – who else was in that draft? I think Marcus Stroman was in that draft. Could have had him. They have him now, but they could have had him earlier. Uh, but yeah, this will be the J Man's book and prediction of the week. I think the number one overall pick in this year's draft will be Andrew Jones' son, Drew, who's out of Wesleyan School in Norcross, Georgia. Um, just makes sense. The bloodlines, you have a Hall of Fame level dad, you have this ridiculous, they, they say he's as good defensively at this stage as his dad was. Back in the day, he has ridiculous power, um, put up huge numbers at a elite baseball high school. So I, I think it just makes too much sense for him not to go, um, or too much sense for him to, or too much sense not for him to go number one. Um, I don't know. Too much know. sense I, for him not to go number for one. For him not to go, too much sense for him to go number one. No, too much sense. Uh, anyway, he's <laughs> he, he's got to go number one. It's a Monday. I'm so tired. Uh, J-Man's Book of Prediction of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, business, renters, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watchering at infb.com. I got two, two questions for you. 
um, because I don't follow the MLB draft at all. Where are the Yankees and Rockies picks? And is there any Big Ten or Notre Dame guys mocked to be chosen? I will bring that. I literally just got out of that mock draft, so I'll bring it back up (laughs) stupidly. I should have just kept it up because I I was going to talk about Big Ten players as well. Um, Let's see here. Yankees or Rockies pick, they probably pick right around where the Cubs do. Unless so. they lost their, their they draft their pick? pick when they signed Chris Bryant. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. Twins pick eighth, Royals pick nine, Rockies pick tenth. Hmm. Um, sounds like no one ever knows what the Rockies are going to do. That's kind of the one <laughs> thing they've been, <laughs> they've been known for. Yankees, I'm sure, pick pretty late. Yankees pick... Reds pick 18th for any Red fans listeners. Uh, they'll be picking a lot sooner here next year. <laughs> uh, Cardinals pick 22nd. Um, Yankees pick 25th here. And there is no Big Ten guys in here. I'm going to go on um, here. Let's see here. I'm going to be on MLB Pipeline. Because they're usually the best at this. It's MLB.com. They're scouting guys. See when the first Big Ten guy is in their draft rankings. Um, there is an Indiana kid, 42nd overall, Brebeuf uh, Jesuit High School. Hmm. His name is Andrew. It's a brutal last name to even pronounce. Dukanich? I have no idea. He is committed to Vanderbilt, which is pretty dang good. Yeah. Baseball school. Uh, first Big Ten guys, Adam Mazur out of Iowa. He is the 59th I would not overall. have guessed the Hawkeyes, to be honest. No. 59th overall prospect. He's a transfer from South Dakota State. Um, supposedly pretty good, obviously. Um, other than that, I, I don't I don't remember seeing any Purdue guys or any Illinois guys in their top, 100, or top 200 because I went and looked, and I don't remember seeing many Indiana guys either. Notre Dame um, at all because they had a pretty good team this year. They had a good team, and there might be some Notre Dame guys. I am not seeing any, though, in their first 150 picks. Uh, Central Michigan. Notre Dame here. Jack Brannigan, 164th overall prospect, who's a pitcher. Uh, throws hard. Um, Purdue, Notre Dame, Stanford, I see. Oh, man, this. There's a Ball State guy, uh, 210th overall. He, I don't know what high school he went to. Does not say what high school he went to. Notre Dame guy, 215th overall. So now we're getting down on like the seventh and eighth mm-hmm. round type of guys. Um, yeah, I don't see any Notre Dame guys in the top hundred for sure. Um, you, you know that Tennessee pitcher who throws like 105 miles an hour? Yeah. That's been all over. He's like a projected. Let's see, where is he? I just saw him on here. He's projected 112th. So um, I don't know why that is. If it's because his control is terrible and his breaking ball is not great. But uh, you throw 104 miles an hour, you're going to get a shot for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, Doesn't hurt. That's that's for sure. Yep. So, All right. Hit me with that uh, word association. Yes. Let's do that. Uh, let me get it. Up here. So it's baseball related, like I said. This is, and there was more players on this list than what I made. I just kind of shortened mm-hmm. it. This is players with at least 30 home runs by the All-Star break. Nice. I like it. 
Uh, you've heard of this guy, of course. He has the most in MLB history prior to also break. Barry Bonds with 39 in 2001. That was the year he hit 73. Um, 39. I do remember that season. It just felt like every single night you tuned in, he'd hit a homer. Must watch um, TV. Must watch. Absolutely. You want to, I mean, could you imagine MLB Network back then? They would be showing every single at bat he took. Instead, um, we got the dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Baseball tonight. <laughs> Breaking in, uh, yeah, I, I miss I miss the old school baseball tonight. I used to watch that all the time. Do they still have it. I think they still have a version of baseball yeah. tonight, but it's not the yeah. same. I don't watch ESPN that much, to be honest, right. anymore. It's kind right. of been, uh, yeah, it's kind of just it's not been the same for me since Stuart Scott. Really, they got rid of all those good shows. Yeah, like college football tonight or final, whatever yeah. it's called, was great. Game day is still good, but yeah, I, I still watch a lot game of those day. good ones. In, in live sports, of course. Chris Crash Davis, 37 in 2013. Man, he got a huge contract and stopped hitting. <laughs> it was brutal. He had a stretch. I'm, I'm looking up his stats right now because he, um, he had a stretch back in 2019, I think, where he had like 60 straight at-bats without a base hit or something like that. Um, he went six. I remember for we 52. talked about that on the podcast a couple years ago. Yes, yeah. he went six for fifty-two in twenty twenty before he decided to hang it up. Um, hit a buck seventy-nine in two thousand nineteen, a buck sixty-eight in two thousand eighteen. <laughs> he had a pretty good stretch there. Had fifty-three homers in two thousand thirteen, forty-seven homers in two thousand fifteen, and then he got paid a ton of money and just stopped hitting, which is rough. He made one hundred eighty-seven million in his career. Not too shabby. Yeah, two hundred ninety-five career homers. Big Mac, Mark McGuire, 37 in 1998. Big Mac. Um, obviously, it's an, it's easy to say steroid guy, but uh, <laughs> he and Sosa saved baseball for sure, which yep. I'm sure is Sosa on that list. He was. I took him off our list because we've off. talked about him we've enough. We've had him on there, yeah. Reggie Jackson, 37 in 1969. Reggie. 1969. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, he, uh, Mr. October. He is, I think he still is the all-time leader in strikeouts. Um, but he uh, he had some big ones, obviously, with the Yankees and the Oakland uh, A's. Um, ton of power. Obviously, all these guys have a ton of power. Yeah. But uh, yeah, here's an ex-Cub, but he did this on the Diamondbacks. Luis Gonzalez, thirty-five in two thousand and one. Luis Gonzalez, he was a steroid guy. Yeah, he fifty-six, I think, that year, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a ton in two thousand one. Obviously hit one of the greatest walk-off singles, uh, one of the most memorable, anyway, walk-off singles in World Series and baseball history um, against the Yankees in 2001. But, yeah, he, former Cub, hit 10 to 15 homers. Astro as well, 10 to 15 homers. Then he goes to Arizona. And uh, right about that time, people started juicing, and he all of a sudden hit 56 homers. It was a little suspicious. You know, it was another one that hit a ton. I think right around that time, 0102, he wasn't on this list, but Brett Boone for the Mariners. Yeah. Oh, he he bulked up. It's like, what the heck? Yeah, he, he turned into a bowling ball. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr., 35 in 1998. Another steroid guy there. <laughs> Injured a lot. Injured a lot. Yeah, a little suspicious. <laughs> um, no, one, one of the greatest swings in the history yeah. of baseball. Um, iconic swing, iconic batting stance that we all tried to emulate when we were kids. 
Backwards um, hat. He was just cool. Back, backwards hat. He, he had some swag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Matt Williams, 33 in 1994. Former Diamondback as well. Um, I think I don't he did know that he, for the Giants. I was going to say 94. he might have done that for the Giants. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matt Williams, terrible manager with the Washington Nationals. And he is a third base coach for somebody now. I don't remember who. But, yeah, ton of power. Good third baseman, too. Here's another juicer. Jose Canseco. 31 for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays in 1999. Really? Yes. Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Forgot he even played with them, let no. alone had actual good seasons. Um, Jose Canseco. I mean, you just remember that ball bouncing off his head over the wall. Yep. Uh, that's that's kind of the first thing I can think of, even though he was part of the Bash Brothers. He ended up hitting – he only ended up hitting 34 that year. Now he's getting knocked out by barstool guys at the rough and rowdy boxing <laughs> events. So it's embarrassing. Well, it was- Blew some fingers off when he was cleaning his gun. That's um, embarrassing. Yeah. Mike Schmidt, 31 in 1979. Michael Jack Schmidt, Cub Killer, one of the greatest Cub Killers ever. That was when the Cubs and Phillies were in the same division. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go look up, see how many home runs he hit against the Cubs. But from everything I can remember, which, of course, he retired before I was born, my dad <laughs> has told me people have just talked about how much he was a Cub Killer. Uh, let's go look up his stats real quick here against the Chicago Cubs. I know he loved hitting at Wrigley. Uh, there was a classic Cubs-Phillies game where I think the final score was 23-22 to 22 back in the late 70s when the wind was blowing out 1,000 miles an hour and Schmidt hit about seven homers. Um, let's see here. Against the Cubs in his career, he hit 78 career homers. That's a lot. Good Lord, 78 career homers. He Is that hit, the most um, ever against the Cubs? It's got to be close. He had 50 at Wrigley Field alone in only 138 games. Too bad the Cubs couldn't sign him. <laughs> he would have been yeah, matched for him. He was a Philly for life, yeah. yeah. Pujols has quite a bit. I don't think he hit yeah. 78. Feel, it feels like Ryan Braun hit 78, but there's no way. Same oh, Lombardo. I forgot about him. Yeah, that, I don't think they've really come close to that. Jim Tomei hit 30 in 2006. Tomei, really likable guy. Um, Good everywhere. My, fian- really? my fiance's uncle went to the same high school he did. Tomei was a little bit older, but um, yeah, he uh, from <clears throat> from Peoria, um, Illinois, and grew up. I think he still lives in the Chicagoland, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just, just seems like a likable dude. He was good on the Indians, good on the Phillies, good on the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Two guys here to round out the list that maybe aren't household names by any any reason, but they hit 30 home runs before the All-Star break. Greg Vaughn in 1998 for the Padres. Greg Vaughn had some pop. I remember him peppering Waveland Avenue one series when the Cubs played the, let's say he was with the Reds at that time. Um, He he was kind of around that same time period as the Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. There was always some allegations because he, Kind of came out of nowhere with some 50 homer seasons, but uh, yeah, he had some pop. Here was another juicer to round out Brady Anderson, 39 oh, yeah. 96. He, he he went from like your old school leadoff guy to hitting 50 in a season in the home run derby. And um, yeah, <laughs> he just out of nowhere, he did. I'm gonna go look up his stats real quick, too. Um, he uh, yeah, I mean, he. He was with the Orioles. He hit four homers, three homers, two homers. Then one year he hit 21. Then it was 13, 12, 16, 50, 18, 18, <laughs> 24, 19. Huh. Um, 
Yeah, he he was he was definitely a juicer. But I mean, you remember you remember that year? Uh, I mean, the guy didn't hit fifty, but another oil. You remember Brian Roberts went off that one year with power? Yeah, he. I will never forget the trade rumors. Cubs were so interested in Brian Roberts, and they just never pulled off a trade. Every single year, it felt like, oh, this is the year Cubs are going to trade for Brian <laughs> Roberts, and they just didn't do it. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a fun list. That is, that's a really good list. I like that. That is the Word Association segment, which is brought to you by Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, they have over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs, so you need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and prom- promotional company today by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call at 574-210-3815. This episode is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-bread, tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Mantle. focuses on freshness and quality. You can wash down their delicious food with one of their 16 beers on tap, including a constant rotation of today's mess micro-brews and domestic flavors, or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Manitou in their beer garden or outdoor bar area, whether it be boats or wheels, the Dam Landing is a place to be located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Do you want to get educated? Always. Always and forever wanting to get educated. On this day in 1914, future baseball Hall of Fame slugger Babe Ruth makes his major league baseball debut as a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, he wasn't bad. He was a good pitcher too. Yeah. Yeah, well. He uh earned a four to three win against the Cleveland Naps. Uh, Naps. Fenway Pac. Uh nineteen twenty-three on this day. Harry Frazee sells the Boston Red Sox to an Ohio businessman for uh one million dollars. A lot of money back then. It was a lot of money back then. Still yeah. is a lot of money, but mm-hmm. not for a ball club. Um, on this day in 1950, the 17th All-Star Game was played. The NL beat the American League 4-3 uh, to three in 14 innings. Um, Ted Williams broke his elbow. There's Teddy. He makes the list again. Yes. Could you imagine an elite player breaking an elbow at uh, oh, the All-Star man. Game? How mad people would be. That'd be the second worst thing to ever happen in the All-Star Game. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the, the ties, Bud Selig, Miller Park got booed out of the place. <laughs> which, which is crazy point. because that's Bud Selig was Brewer's owner yeah. at one point. <laughs> um, let see, a lot of MLB All-Star games. Um, on this day in 1985, Houston Astros' Nolan Ryan was the first pitcher ever to strike out 4,000 batters. He was pretty legendary. Pretty good. On this day in 1988, Mike Tyson hired Donald Trump as an advisor. That's two guys in the headlines. <laughs> they both um, also have stepped into two WWE ring at WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. On this day in a lot of all-star games. Um This day in 2012, future basketball Hall of Fame guard Steve Nash is traded by the Phoenix Suns to the L.A. Lakers. 
God, he played for the Lakers. Who on this day last year won the Wimbledon men's tennis? Was it Nadal? It was not. Djokovic? It was Djokovic who... I knew I had a one in three chance. <laughs> I, I think you can start calling him as good as Nadal and Federer. Um, Federer. Yeah, I agree. Um, last year, it was his 20th Grand Slam title, which is tied a record. Did he win yesterday? I don't know. Um, I don't either. You know, it's crazy in our lifetime to think about. You know, of course, you had Sanfris and Agassi the 90s. Andy Roddick was okay, but I think he only won like one or two major titles. And then you've had yeah, these was... three just dominate the sport. I mean, just yeah, dominate. He... He was a huge name, Andy Roddick was, and I don't know why. Because he's American. Probably. Yeah, and we haven't had too many good American uh, men. Not males. Um, females. Tenet, yeah, Williams females, yeah, absolutely. Um, that could be. I mean, obviously, Agassi was pretty good. Um, so he, yeah, he, he was American. Um, and Sampras, like I said. But in Sam, yeah, in Sampras. Not so much. Yeah, not not really. I couldn't. I don't Josh think I could. Eisner or Isner, I think, Okay, yeah, John, I think his name's John. Isn't John Jasner. I, John I, I do not I follow no him. Very no idea. Closely, so. yeah, couldn't tell you. But uh, that'll do it for On This Day. And the On This Day segment is brought to you by, like it is every week, Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated custom woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs that fit your needs. From signs to growth charts, their custom pieces make a great addition to any home, office, or a man cave. Don't believe me? See some of their recently completed projects by visiting their Instagram account, Instagram page or Facebook page at Mooney Woodcrafts. And for orders, contact them at MooneyWoodcrafts at gmail.com. Take my word for it. You will not be disappointed. Uh, some other baseball notes that I was wanting to get to that I completely forgot about. But the All-Star game, um, as I said, is next week, and they came out with the rosters. Um, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs is starting. Um, at catcher for the National League. But a cool thing is, because Bryce Harper is um, injured, that's not a cool thing that he's injured, but uh, Wilson Contreras' brother, William Contreras, uh, from the Atlanta Braves, will be the starting DH. So they will be able to be all-star game teammates. It's, they're the first pair of brothers to start Elmars. an all-star game for the same league right. in the same year. Yep, since 1992, Sandy Jr. and uh, Roberto Alomar. saw that the other day, and I was um, so hoping that was going to be the birdie or bogey question. I was going to play yeah. it like I hadn't seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> can can you name the two brothers before that, though? No. 1949, That's Joe why. and Dom DiMaggio. I didn't even know Joe had a... Brother uh, yeah, that Dom, played. So. Dom wasn't bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other thing of note: Cubs have led in thirty-one of their last fifty-two losses. <laughs> <laughs> he just laughs. That's all he can do. <laughs> you, you almost have to try to lose at that point. Yeah. Um, if you're blowing it that bad, but yeah. two more uh, talking points I want to get with before we close the show with the birdie or bogey. We hit on this a little bit last week, but not too much. Baker Mayfield traded last mm-hmm. week from the Cleveland Browns to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth-round pick. So the Carolina's quarterback room now looks like Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, who was also taking the top five the same year Baker was, and um, Matt Corral. Matt Corral. Around yeah. Ole Miss. So one's got to go, right? You got to think Darnold's going to be on the trade box soon. Got to be. Yeah, Darnold's been a bust. Um it's it's hard. Maybe he would have had better success had he not been drafted by a New York team. 
because uh, that happens a lot. It feels like guys go to New York, look at Mark Sanchez for one. Uh, Daniel Jones, is it's happening to him right now. But, uh, yeah, I would think Sam Darnold, he's he's not going to be a starter anywhere for sure. Um, he could so be a he, good backup, I would think. be a solid backup, I would yeah. take him right um, now over Josh Johnson in Denver. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they um, won't do that. And, yeah, you're not going to keep three quarterbacks on the roster, and you're not going to put uh, Coral, Coral Corral, Matt Corral, on the um, practice squad because then any team can come and just pluck him from it. Right. So, and he's third-round pick. So, yeah, I would say Darnold's gone. Um, the Browns are paying Baker Mayfield a ton of money to not – play for him and they're paying Deshaun Watson a ton of money to probably never play for them. So. We'll see tomorrow. I think I think his uh, his uh his uh punishment I think is coming to be announced tomorrow. Is it if he gets um, we'll see what he gets. Yeah, which he should be punished. Um so will it be Jacoby Brissett against Baker Mayfield week one in Carolina? Uh I hope not. Joe, Jacoby Brissett's bad. Well, that's the backup, um, right, in Cleveland now. Yeah, which yeah. which I I assume it would be. Who's who would be the backup once the because Deshaun's going to get suspended. I I don't yeah. see any way he doesn't get suspended. Yeah. Um. Do they still have Hoyer there, or is he in New England still? I don't. I thought he's still in New England. Is he? I have no yeah. idea. Um, well, let me look if I can find up. Because uh, yeah, Browns continue. Oh. There's a reason why the Browns stay bad. They had a good year, a couple years, two years ago. Um, and of course, once they trade away a guy, they just trash the guy to the media. Oh, Joshua Dobbs, Tennessee. Oh, there yeah. you go. Baker was immature. His teammates hated him. All of that. Some of it could be true, but uh, don't trash the guy on the way out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe he'll do good in Carolina. He did. Maybe. I mean, he did get Cleveland to the playoffs. Something nobody done since Tim Couch back in 02. Yeah. He was bad this past Couch. year, but he he had some injury issues. So Might maybe. be Kelly Holcomb. Actually, now that I think about it, and I don't think it was Couch. I think it was Holcomb. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was Holcomb. But uh, yeah, we'll see. It makes a, a matchup at least in week one that was just a look over yeah. game, kind of intriguing. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say it's pretty intriguing though, and maybe a change of scenery will do Baker some good. Did you see that list today about um, execs, coaches, and players vote the twenty twenty two NFL top ten quarterbacks list? Mm-mm. Did not see that. Number one, Aaron Rodgers. Number Makes two, sense. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Number three, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number four, Tom Brady. <clears throat> okay. Number five, Joe Burrow. Yeah, number six, Matthew Stafford. Won a Super Bowl. Number seven, Justin Herbert. Herbert, yeah. Number eight, Russell Wilson. Okay, that's fair. Number nine, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And number ten, Dak Prescott. Any notable snubs that you can even think of? You know, and and, and this is the the Bronco in me. I don't like Herbert at seven just because he hasn't won anything. I know it's, yeah. it's, it's more of a team thing, but he's, he's going to be awesome. Don't get me wrong. I just think I, I'm fine with him being in the top 10, but I just think seven's a little lenient, but as far as snubs, I can't really think of any Derek Carr. Maybe I, I, I might take Carr over Prescott. Yeah. I know there'll be some people out there. Kirk cousins, but I don't think he's top. 10. No, no. Um, yeah, I can't think of any other ones that you'd be like, that's a that's terrible. Um Kyler Murray, maybe, but Murray had such I would a take bad all these guys over him. Yeah, me too. Had such a bad second half of the season, it felt yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I like yep. the list. Tannehill, definitely not. Um Matt Ryan, no, you can't really make a case for him no. anymore. 
No. You, I mean, you you can make a case to take Deshaun off that list completely, but yeah, you uh, can. Other than that, yeah, you're right. Well, one more thing I want to hit on before birdie or bogey is the f- fourth and final P- uh, golf major of the year. Um, I should because it's not P- PGA sanctioned; it's the R R and N, I believe, or the R A, or whatever the um, European golf organization is. I can't think right now. It's a Monday, like Josh said. Uh, the British Open, which I call it, it's the Open Championship. But I'm always called the British Open. Starts on Thursday, ends on Sunday. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of. Looks like I'm going to have two buckets this week. I was going to say, I'm kind of disappointed you all used your bucket. You didn't think that went through. I had no idea, yeah. But I'll let you do two buckets. So I believe you're taking the Vegas favorite, your boy, Rory McIlroy. Finally get another major, first one since 2014. It would be a second British Open, which he won in 2014. Wouldn't shock me. I guarantee you he'll be in contention. Mm -hmm. Um, Also up there, Xander Shoffley, who's won back-to-back tournaments. He's second in the Vegas odds. Jordan Spieth up there. Patrick Cantlay's up there. Scotty Scheffler's up there. Justin Thomas. Matthew Fitzpatrick, who just won the the um, U.S. Open. Uh, John Rahm's up there. Uh, Live Golf member Dustin Johnson's up there. Brooks Kepka's a little behind him. I think Tiger Woods is 25th in the odds. Will Zalatoris is up there. Shane Lowry, who's a past Open champion, is up there. Um, man, I don't know who. I think I Cam Smith's up there, but I'm not picking Cam Smith this week. This is at St. Andrews, arguably the most famous golf course in the world. Um, that's why I give Tiger an outside chance as a dark horse. He plays well there. Um, and in and, and the Open's an old man's championship. It's a championship, major championship that old people can win. It's who can survive the elements. Um, who am I going to take? Man, I kind of want a live golf guy to win this just to, Me too. Just to, just to see what I'm, happens. I really want a live golf guy to win. Um, I don't think they're going to, though. Um, I'm not going to agree with you with Rory, even though I want to. I want to take Xander, but he's too hot right now. You know what? I'm going to take Zalatoris. He mm. keeps knocking on the door. I think he finally busted down this week. Will Zalatoris, like 2022 it. British Open champion. I like it. My guy, Ricky Fowler, uh, did not get the top 10 at the Scottish Open. He needed to to get into the British Open. So for the first time since 2009, he will need not be teeing up at the British Open. Wow. So that's uh, this year he played in one major. And that was the PGA Championship. Pretty disappointing. Uh, still has a chance to make the FedEx Cup. He's got a few more tournaments right now. He'd be in right on the cut line. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to think about his career anymore. It's just not going good. Not consistent. Yeah. At all. Um, I'll hit you with this birdie bogey here. We got about a minute left. Clayton Kershaw has 12 seasons in his career with an ERA under three, which is tied for the most all time with two pitchers. Who are those two pitchers? If you get one, you get a birdie. A lot of guys come to my mind. I will even give you two guesses since there's two guys. Greg Maddox. No. (laughs) One more chance for a bird. This is fun. Um, (laughs) Oh, crud. Roger Clemens. You got a birdie, man. Let's go. We're tied. (laughs) You pulled You're pretty lenient with that. You're pretty lenient. I, I I was, but it was a tough one because the other guy was Tom Seaver, and I don't think you would have ah, picked no. Tom Seaver. I almost went with Glavin for some reason. We I are had the Tom. We are, but yeah, Gla- Glavin never had like great ERA years. He no. just won a bunch. Um, we're tied. I think at what, five over par. We're yeah, back. Five, 
You know what? Back to back weeks. Yeah, we've gained yeah, two strokes. How, how often does that happen? Back to back weeks, we both got it right. Gotta be the first time in history. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> yep. Oh, good stuff. Wrap us up there, J Man. Thanks for watching the Tan and J Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. We'll be back at it next Monday with another fantastic episode for you. Have a fantastic week, everybody.